before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And uh, we're going to be um, talking uh, well about the uh, Georgia election, uh, about FTX, two standards of justice, and a lot of other things. First, you know, rest in peace, Kirstie Alley. We, we lost a great uh, patriot and great actress. Uh, it was hard to see her go. And... Uh, that that was sad news. I I really loved Cheers and I loved her body of work. Um, seemed like a really nice person as well and a conservative in Hollywood, which is pretty rare. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we got this uh, race in Georgia, and it seems like a lot of these things break late. You know, like uh, I really wish that people would have outed Warnock for for supporting infanticide sooner than later. But uh, you know what? Today's the day where people are going to be turning out to vote. And let's just hope that they uh, they vote for Herschel Walker. Run, Herschel, run is the slogan. And uh, there's a lot at stake with respect to this Georgia race. So all Republicans that... Uh, need to get out there and vote and uh, let let your voices be heard. Um, <clears throat> here's a case where it's a, is there any insistence, uh, is there any instance in which either one of you support any limitations on abortion? Raphael Warnock and John Olsoff say nope. Pretty much the answer is no. And they couch it and they say, they say, Roe v. Wade and I, they support Rose, Roe v. Wade, and I would do that again. Senator Alsoff said the same thing. And I guess if they support Roe v. Wade, then it, it leaves it to the uh, doctor and his patient to determine whether or not, uh, how far they will go. And <clears throat> that seems to be the problem. Um, and when... 
you know, the conservatives were faced with that question, they would talk about the heartbeat bill. And they would have to defend exceptions and heartbeat bills and all kinds of things that people don't even understand. But if you uh, point the finger at them and you say, you support infanticide, prove me wrong. They might come back at you and say, I don't, I don't have to prove anything. But as soon as they say they don't support uh, any laws that would get in between the patient and their doctor... As soon as they say that, all bets are off, and it's, it's, it's as late of a term of an abortion as infanticide. And that's what, you know, that's not conjecture, that's not conspiracy, or that's not just made-up, pie-in-the-sky stuff. But that's really uh, what has happened. It's actually happened. You know, so what we're trying to do is prevent it from happening, by setting in a set of guidelines that say, okay, well, then what do you support? If you don't support infanticide, if they say no to infanticide, well, I don't really, well, then that's fine. Tell me what you do support. Do you support the heartbeat bill? And of course, no. So they'd be uh, damned if they do and damned if they don't. And it would be nice if we had Republicans that would play that kind of hardball and instead of always being on the defense against the liberal press, flip it over and put the liberal press and the liberal pundits and the liberal um, politicians on the defense. Let them defend the indefensible. Because frankly, you never hear these people talking about issues. They just, you know, one of the complaints to a lot that that I heard a person say on Fox and Friends that were they were in the breakfast area, you know, they had those breakfasts. And this one lady said, you know, all I hear Warnock saying is he's complaining about Herschel Walker or throwing jabs at Herschel Walker. If he was a reverend, he would have some, you know, redemption there or or he would show redemption for some of the sins that Herschel Walker may have made in his life. But Warnock doesn't sound like a uh, he sound you know he doesn't sound like a reverend to me, and so she she basically was saying that all Warnock does is attack 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 negative ads, and it's about what Herschel Walker isn't is he's not a perfect person, but Herschel Walker is also not a rubber stamp like Warnock is. Warnock is a rubber stamp to Joe Biden. And all that ilk. He supports open borders and defunding the police and infanticide. I don't know how anyone could vote that way. And uh, and like we say, we got we got a great endorsement for Vince from Vince Dooley and Georgia Bulldogs. So the, the former coach of the Georgia Bulldogs and and these are lifelong people that know Herschel Walker and know what a good person he is. He battled his demons, but he's a good person. So get out and vote. We need that 50th seat in the Senate to avoid being steamrolled in the Senate, to get co-chairs and to get equal footing in each committee and to get equal funding 
in each committee and not just the Democrats getting it all. So it's important that you do that. Here's the question on abortion uh, related to Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. This question is for both senators. Is there any instance in which either one of you would support any limitations on abortion? I voted to protect Roe v. Wade, and I would do that again. Senator Ossoff, same to you. Is there any, any instance in which you would support any limitations on abortion? And of course, when they're asked the question, no limitations, they don't they don't answer that because there are limitations. The Democrats are flaky. The Democrats are weird. The Democrats. They're absolutely nuts. You take a woman that's the incoming House Democrat whip. Catherine Clark. She says, I remember when my middle child waking up with nightmares over concerns around climate change. To to me, coming in as a different generation, I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. But they've all... Over climate change, which is a hoax. Climate change, folks, is a hoax designed to get you into a corral. Climate change is a hoax that the globalists are using to control populations, control populations' freedoms, civil liberties, and you name it. Climate change is a hoax. They've been wrong all the time. Al Gore said that, you know, the American coastline would be completely overrun by water due to the melting heights ice caps in the Arctic. He lied. Why did he lie? Leonard Nimoy, back in the 70s, said that there's an ice age coming. It was the exact opposite. But nevertheless, what they're trying to do is regulate corporations But more importantly, they want to take away the energy from the middle class. They want to take away your ability to prosper. And I read something really important today in preparing for this show that I thought it was profound. If they were serious about energy, now I'm going to state the obvious one, but the profound one's coming up second. I'm going to save the best for last. Obviously, if you're serious about energy, right, you would look at India and China and, and Mexico as, and, and some of these other big industrialized industri- uh, second world and third world um, destinations or countries. Mexico City comes to mind is really dirty. And what I'm saying is, is that if you really wanted to get serious about climate, You would crack the whip on the behind of President Xi of China. But no one's going to do that because they're all afraid of the supply chain catastrophe that would likely come about or 
the the denial, if you're a corporation, of gaining access to business in China and access to the 1.5 billion people that are there. There's a 1.5 billion in India and 1.5, you know, the, India and China represent 3 billion people, almost. And they are the biggest polluters on earth. And we're not going to do anything about them. The Paris Agreement, for example, gives them a delay on the start the ro- uh, of the rollout of emissions, where the United States has to cripple themselves and hamstring themselves. But that's not the big one. That's the obvious one. That's the low-hanging fruit. That's the one that everybody bumps their head on. But the one I think that tells you that climate is the biggest hoax of all, the one that I'm talking about is the products. If you wanted to get serious about renewable energy, you would also get serious about products. You would get serious about the products that we make. Tom Nelson is the one that turned me on to this. Tam123 on Twitter. It's not renewable energy. It's only renewable electricity. The world does not have an energy crisis. It has a products crisis. All the products and fuels are manufactured refineries from fossil fuels. So they're manufactured in refineries, but all of the products and fuels are manufactured from fossil fuels. Renewables cannot manufacture any products. Let's take Newsom a is, is motivated to get rid of the oil industry. Last year, two refineries shut down under his watch. What's your replacement before you decide to you know, turn it off? Is there a backup plan? Bear in mind, electricity can charge your iPhone, but it can't make your iPhone. It can make the defibrillator in the hospital work, but it can't make the defibrillator. We care about the environment. We want to do a lot of things in an innovative way. The term is California loves to leak emissions somewhere else. We're not drilling oil here. We're getting it from another country. Those countries don't have the same environmental controls we have. And then we're using, you know, oil tankers that pollute tremendously. But we don't count those emissions. They're okay if a thousand people in China, you know, die from pollution, but not, not here in California. My guest today is author Ronald Stein. Today, he will explain how importing oil to California is causing a significant amount of emissions and why cutting... Think about it, importing all this oil around the world by boat. It's almost, uh, you know, and getting rid of pipelines and using uh, Warren Warren Buffett's uh, trains, which are dirtier. They don't care so much about the climate. They don't care about the pollution. They care about... They care about their cronies, crony capitalism. They care about making their donors happy. And, you know, the whole Tom Steyer thing, when he was against Keystone Pipeline, he had his own design on another pipeline. He was trying to put Keystone out of business because he wanted his own pipeline. And even our energy person, when uh, the grid got hit uh, by so-called hackers, I would call them green hackers. I would call it self-inflicted wounds because aren't they burning down our refineries and, I mean, our uh, 
uh, our food processing plants? Aren't they burning them down? Aren't they regulating out of control? Aren't they creating inflation on purpose? Aren't they regulating climate on purpose? And again, what that is, that is nothing less or more than theft from the middle class. And it's the power elite in the universities and in the medical institutions and the politicians, elite politicians in Washington, and the big CEOs that are part of the global conglomerate that run multinational corporations. All of these people are the power elite. And they all kiss the ring of Klaus Schwab and World Economic Forum because it's part of like, you know, that whole concept of the UN, which is completely feckless and does nothing. But yet we give them like $9 billion a year. And they get all this money. NATO gets all this money. UN gets all this money. The IMF gets all this money to store. The World Bank, the World Health Organization. Everybody's getting money given to them. Where's that money coming from? It's coming from you. And when they talk about climate and they talk about climate initiatives and COVID, who's the one that's going to pay? You. Who's buying all these vaccines? You. These vaccines aren't free. They might be free when you go to get the jab, which I won't and I haven't. And I'm proud to say I've never been vaccinated by this COVID vaccine, this mRNA. Now, that being said, who's paying for it? It's not free. It's a redistribution of wealth out of the middle class tax dollar. It's causing us astronomical levels of debt. And I dare say that 87,000 set of employees that are approaching the IRS, yeah, they are going to be auditing and policing every $600 transaction you ever make on Venmo, which is sad and and a violation of our rights. But they're also going to be rolling out digital currency to help get you into shape, to basically make you heal. Make you obey. Because if you step out of line and you your barcode comes up red because you didn't participate in the climate uh, requirements or you didn't get the jab or you voted for the wrong guy or you said the wrong thing on Twitter or Facebook, You'll get a mark against you. Your score will go to a certain threshold and boom, you won't be allowed in that restaurant. You won't be allowed on that plane. You won't be allowed out of your country. And you might, if you're in China right now, might get carted off to a concentration camp just like Hitler did with the Jews in 1930s and 40s. In 2022, that's the sad state of affairs of liberals. That's where their mindset is. That's what's going on there. And we have to fight about the most simple and stupidest things. Let's take a listen to um, Rand Paul talking about uh, talking with uh, Waters, Jesse Waters, uh, about military and getting their jobs back, and how they might just defund the military now that they have some control in the House, defund the military until they do the right things. 
That's why it's important today to vote for, for Herschel Walker. You're going to be asking some tough questions in the next couple of days. You're playing a game of chicken. I'm hearing the Defense Department is not getting funded unless they hire back unvaxxed military men and women. How do you think that's going to play out? You know, our young men and women who volunteer, we have an all-voluntary army, that volunteer to defend our country, to put their lives on the line, they deserve to have their religious freedom as well as their medical choices and freedom to decide what goes into their body. We know this, and this is a scientific fact. The vaccine does not prevent you from getting an infection. It doesn't prevent you from transmitting an infection. And for young people, there isn't significant evidence to show that it reduces the severity or the hospitalization. The military's become so woke and they're, they're demanding you get a vaccine that you don't need. So something's got to change. I hopefully that changes things. Yeah, there it is. And, you know, the sad thing is we even are at this point where we're fighting with our own government, right? That's, uh, that's the sad thing there. And... I wanted to um, play Lauren Bobart, um, but here is a case here where Justin, a Chinese health official leading hundreds of brainwashed slaves to a quarantine camp. These people had nowhere to run with their red QR code, COVID passport. They can't stay at a hotel, get into a restaurant, take any transport, or even go home. And so... This was uh, right, right here. And then here's another case in point. If you're trying, if you try to enter public place with a red QR code, immediately an alarm goes off. Chinese government can easily cut you off from society by remotely switch your COVID passport to code red. Code QR red in China means you need to do your time in a quarantine camp and pay for it. So here's, uh, I don't know if there's any dialogue to this. All right, so that that's in Chinese. But um, what it is, is your code is red. So she scanned her code with her phone. And again, you shouldn't even be required to have a phone. But in, Cal- in Canada, for example, they had this thing called, um, what was an a- C- Canadian... Uh, you know, access code, access. You couldn't get, if you were traveling abroad and you tried to get back into uh, Canada, you needed to have a phone. And if you didn't have a phone, you had to do all this paperwork. So they, they sort of made it, they, they punished you. Um, all right, so we're going to switch gears a little bit because um, we still have Hunter Biden's uh, disinformation uh, issue going on. We also have... Uh, couple of tidbits, tidbit news. Um, for example, uh, Michael Avenatti just got sentenced to 14 years in prison for defrauding uh, his clients by millions of dollars. Basically, you know, taking some of their winnings and withholding them or writing them off as legal expenses that he never even did. You know, it's total fraud. You know, if you have like a legal case and uh, lawyers are working on contingency and they get like a multi-million dollar settlement, they can then say, well, I spent 8,500 hours on this job and they take a hoard of cash off of the top. And it's in what's called an IOLTA account. 
And so they get the control of your money. And they can lie and pad their hours, right? And that's what he did. He did all of that and didn't give them their money back. And uh, he didn't award, you know, give them their award. And he kept it. And he got busted for it. But, you know, I also think that uh, this goes back to the Jesse Smollett uh, hoax, which is another Democrat hoax, climbing, claiming victim and trying to make all Trump supporters out to be racists and white supremacists and all kinds of BS. It's all lies. That's all the Democrats know how to do is lie. And so Michael Avenatti was involved with shaking down Nike and Nike basically called his bluff. And that's his first account. That's where he first went to jail. But now, you know, he had other cases where uh, they were catching up with him. And this newest one is another 14 years for uh, defrauding his clients. Nevertheless, the media, who gets it wrong, like, all the time, whether it's the Russian hoax, whether it's Jesse Smollett, whether it's Bubba Wallace and NASCAR and a noose and, uh, you know, you name it, right? They're always wrong. Always. Why anybody even listens to the mainstream media is beyond me. You know, they've not even covered the Twitter story about releasing all these documents that indicate that, you know, basically Joe Biden is a piece of dirt. And that Hunter Biden, his son, is a scoundrel. And that the two of them were working as part of the Biden crime family to defraud America and sell America out. It's high treason at the easiest to prove levels. And I cannot wait until these hearings begin in the House of Representatives to expose more about all of this stuff. But we need leadership, folks. We need leaders. We don't need Kevin McCarthy and we don't need Mitch McConnell, cocaine Mitch. We don't need these losers that have been running this party into the ground. And thank goodness Harmeet uh, Dillon is uh, now, uh, she's Trump's attorney. She's going to be running to be to replace um, uh, the RNC chief, which we don't like. Um Drawing a blank on her name. But um, in any case, yeah, the, the uh, head of the, uh, um, she has Romney McDaniels. Yeah, Rona Mom, Romney McDaniels. Admit Romney, niece, right? Go figure. So she's a loser. She's, she's taken the golden tickets that Trump gave them, and she lost. Trump gave her a golden ticket. And like in Willy Wonka, and she lost. I don't know how you lose when you have an economy as strong as Trump's was and all the great things that Trump was doing in his first two years, despite all the hoaxes. I don't know how you get hoaxed out like she allowed the RNC to get hoaxed out. But it, we do know, we do know that Mitch McConnell was going against every MAGA candidate more fiercely than he was going against Democrat candidates. Just go and ask Josh Shapiro or Mike Kelly out in Arizona, or Josh Shapiro in Pennsylvania, that, because they owe a lot of gratitude to Karl Rove and Mitch McConnell. A lot of gratitude. Not so much for Kelly Shabaka up in Alaska going against Lisa Murkowski. 
the libtard that calls herself a Republican. So, yeah, they were going against, and they were taking FDX money and Sam Bankman-Fried money, and they were selling out the Republicans. Just look at Michael Steele, the... uh, the the uh, he's a he's a black he was a black RNC leader uh, the, before Ronan McDaniel, and uh, he's as liberal as they can get. He's like a Lincoln Project Republican, hates Trump worse than any. I think they hate Trump worse than uh, Nancy Pelosi hates Trump, which is pretty much like or Adam Schiff. I mean they're they're basically as far left as you can get. And and not only that, but you know, Trump Trump hired a few losers too, like John Bolton is now suggesting he's gonna run for president if uh Trump looks like he's gonna like he has any snowball's chance in Florida forever uh competing with Trump. The guy is the biggest loser on the planet, John Bolton. And so called another Republican, right? Backstabbing son of a gun. And and uh, and then you have um, uh, Liz Cheney, right? I think she might get 3%, which is still 3% too much, right? But she's not even going to get 1%. All right, so let's take a listen to the little montage about Avenatti. The Democrats could learn something for you. You are messing with Trump a lot more than they are. He has no doubt created sheer panic and Donald Trump's very fragile mind. Michael Avenatti is laying down the law as guest co-host. And is he really thinking about running for president? Uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. You look at the field of Democrats right now and Avenatti's the one who stands out. If they decide they value a fighter most, yes. people would be foolish to underestimate Michael yeah. Avenatti. I have always said that they need a fighter. Look, I mean, we're going to continue to use the media. I think we've used it with great success. So that's Michael Avenatti. Here's one more. Lately to me, you're like the Holy Spirit. The voice. You are. The view, I mean. All places at all times, right? <laughs> I mean, you. I, I do. I see you all over cable news. I see you. You know, there is a, a, a seat available if you want to be a co-host at The View. You might, you know, there's people here you can pitch. <laughs> Lately to me, you're like the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. Jeez. These liberals are so, so stupid. Right. They're just morons. But sometimes Republicans can be even bigger morons. Let's take a listen to John Bolton. You've just made some news there. You are essentially telling us that you would consider getting into the 2024 race. Absolutely. I, I think I think to be a presidential candidate, you can't simply say I support the Constitution. You have to say I would oppose people who would undercut it. You know, we used to have a thing in the House of Representatives called the House Un-American Affairs Committee. I think when you challenge the Constitution itself the way Trump has done, that is un-American. Let's stay here for a moment. Just walk me through your thinking. What does your timeline look like? What would cause you to cross into saying what you're saying now and actually being a declared candidate for president? Look, all of the potential candidates know what Trump has said. This is no secret to anybody. I don't see why they aren't saying it right now. I, I think... The, the voters, the Republican voters, people who choose the Republican nominee, nearly 95 percent disagree that Donald Trump is more important than the Constitution. I'm afraid there are some who would stick with Trump on this. 
What does a candidate have to lose by appealing to 95% of the base of the Republican Party? I actually think most Republican elected officials in Washington disagree with Trump on this, but they're intimidated. This is the time where there's strength in numbers. The more people who tell the truth, the easier it is for everybody else. So what do you have to see that would make you say, now is the moment that I am going to declare my candidacy? I'd like to see Sherman-esque <laughs> statements from all the potential candidates. If I don't see that, then I'm going to seriously consider getting in. And what is your timeline, Ambassador Bolton? Well, I think it's going to have to be pretty short. We've already got one declared candidate for president in the Republican Party who doesn't believe in the Constitution. This is serious business. And where does he get that lie from? He gets it from the left, number one. Trump has been the most uh, respect, uh, re, um, constitutional respectful person I've ever seen grace the White House. I've never seen a leader respect the Constitution more than Donald Trump. And he's saying the exact opposite. You take a look at somebody that's a bit of a traitor and all the things that we're seeing come out. Um, like you take a look at this, uh, listen to the Joe Biden right here. Now, I think the audio on this is a little off. But uh, bear with us. Um, but this is um, three years three years ago today. Biden freaked out on a farmer who asked about his family's corrupt foreign business dealings, calling him the man a a damn liar, fat, and too old, and to vote, and challenging him to an IQ test and a push-up contest. But you, on the other hand, that's your son over there. Get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience with. I said nothing. In order to get access to the office, to the president. So you're you're selling access to the president just like he is. So you you're got a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has ever said that. I see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I really do. And by the way, that's why I'm not sedentary. I don't like it up and. Nasty, nasty human being, right? 
Absolutely nasty. Now take a listen to this. This is um, this is a couple of different clips um, related to the Hunter laptop that we now know is legit, right? Let's take a listen to Wolf Blitzer. The issue is never that Hunter Biden's laptop was necessarily going to swing the election. The issue was just how utterly brazen the lies were. Dems media only got away with it because they used Russian interference as a propaganda battering ram for the previous four years. Federal authorities, including the FBI, are investigating whether recently published emails that purport to deal, uh, to, to detail, I should say, the business dealings of Joe Biden's son, Hunter, are connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort targeting the Biden campaign in the days leading up to the election. Let's discuss with the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Congressman Adam Schiff. Uh, Congressman, thanks so much for joining us. Does it surprise you at all that this information Rudy Giuliani is peddling uh, very well could be connected to some sort of Russian government disinformation campaign? Well, we know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. Uh, That's been clear for well over a year now that they've been pushing this uh, false narrative about the vice president and his son. Uh, And, you know, the idea that the president, um, that the White House counsel and others were made aware that Giuliani was being used by Russian intelligence uh, and using Russian intelligence in the sense of meeting with an agent of the Kremlin and pushing out this Kremlin false narrative, the idea that they were knowing uh, and still on the floor of the Senate during the impeachment trial, uh, pushing this Kremlin narrative is pretty breathtaking. But I guess at this point, we can't be shocked by anything this administration does, no matter how craven. Uh, But clearly, the origins of this whole uh, smear uh, are from the Kremlin. And the president is only too happy to have Kremlin help in, in trying to amplify it. Well, we now know that's an utter lie. So somebody needs to call Adam Schiff up onto the floor and put him under oath and ask him where he got his talking points and how they're supported and backed up. Because it's a flat out lie. And James Clapper is no different. He's one of the 51 intelligence community that helped rig the elections. So I say shame on you, CIA, shame on you, FBI, shame on you, NSA, shame on you, uh, Pentagon, shame on all of you. And where are the whistleblowers? Step up and, and make your voices heard because this, America is hanging in the balance on all of this. We cannot have taxpayer-funded military, taxpayer-funded FBI investigations and spy intelligence, all taxpayer-funded, working more so against the United States taxpayer, their bosses. And this thing about hiding things under classification and things are sealed and tied up in investigations. At this point, all bets are off. Christopher Ray should no longer be allowed to hide behind those pillars to keep things secret because we know that the Mar-a-Lago raid was a farce to collect data that Trump once declassified related to Crossfire Hurricane and that all they want to do is bury that into a new special counsel and basically get all of that tied up 
in another investigation so they could seal the deal and prevent the public from being aware of the corruption, not just of the Biden crime family, but of all of our foreign diplomats, our foreign services in the State Department, and all the people that were conducting illegal um, money laundering in the Ukraine that led to FTX cleansing and laundering the money, sending it back, financing to the tune now we learned with Twitter, we learned that it's over a billion dollars went to the Democrats. Over a billion dollars. That's what that's what Elon Musk just testified to. And and not only that, I would say that the value is greater than a billion because when you look at the street value of censorship and and deplatforming, and you look at what was happening on these platforms, and it's not just Twitter, it's Facebook. That value, that associated value, there's an associated value there, and it's huge. And it violates every federal election committee campaign rule in the book. And yet Obama threw Dinesh D'Souza in jail, and he spent over a year in jail for giving somebody like a couple of thousand dollars too much. Uh, we're talking about a billion dollars in fraud. And Sam Bankman-Fried gets to choose when he will come and testify on Capitol Hill. But here's James Clapper. Remember James Clapper and John Brennan? They all got their jobs at MSNBC and CNN. Big fat liars. To me, this is uh, just classic uh, textbook uh, Soviet-Russian tradecraft at work. Uh, The Russians have analyzed the target. They understand that the president and his enablers uh, crave uh, dirt on Vice President Biden, whether it's real or contrived, that doesn't matter to them. And so all of a sudden, two, two and a half weeks before the election, uh, this laptop appears somehow uh, without and uh, emails on it without any metadata. Uh, it just it's all very curious. But the, so here you have uh, a willing target and the Russians who are very sophisticated about how to exploit a, a, a willing target. And to me, that's what's at work here. And so, you know, when you you try to figure out the specifics of, you know, whether that meeting email, for example, is real in the midst of this, um, do you think stuff like that could just have been planted in there and be completely fake? I do. I think the the emails could be uh, could be contrived, particularly since, as I understand it from what I've read, uh, they appear uh, without any metadata that is from to and, and any technical data. Uh, at least immediately evident. Now, uh, if this computer is in the hands of the FBI, they have obviously excellent, uh, sophisticated uh, technical and forensic uh, analytic capabilities, and I think they'll be able to sort it out, whether this is genuine or not. But, you know, it's it's all pretty curious, uh, given, again, two and a half weeks out from the election. It's so funny as an IT expert that I am um, to listen to that metadata BS. It's crazy. All you got to do in an email is view the header and trace the IP using a tool online called com, And you can find out exactly where the IP address comes from. You could do a trace route on that. 
and you can put it in any firewall. You could do any kind of analysis on that, what you want. It's absolutely absurd. You could find, track it right down to the account, what computer was used, who used it at what time, and who was paying for that account that gained access to that internet. It's so easy. It's <laughs> FBI tradecraft, my, my butt. So Chuck Todd uh, just casually asserts today that, like Trump, Putin is an anti-Semite. Listen, he's talking to, he's talking to Benjamin Netanyahu, and ben, Benjamin Netanyahu, all he did was sh- shook his head, like knowing full well that question was a loaded, baited, oh, as a matter of fact, we know that Putin and Trump are anti-Semitics, but what else? So let's take a listen to that. I, I, are you at all concerned, though, that if if you if your government gets what you want, you overlook whether it's Vladimir Putin, who is also an anti-Semite or a Donald Trump? I mean, what is the line for you? I don't overlook uh, anti-Semitism. So he basically like, yeah, but if I if I see it, but I see it more on the left. There's a lot of anti-Semites like Ilhan Omar, maybe. Ocasio-Cortez, maybe. Um, you know, Rashid Tlaib, maybe. I mean, there's a lot. In any case, it's not Donald Trump. Not by any stretch of the imagination. And Benjamin Nahu, Nahu, Yahoo knew it. Uh, we got John from Chicago coming uh, on the line. Hey, John. Hey, Scott. You know, in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Tennessee Williams' main character, Big Daddy, or the central... Uh, Authority figure. Yeah, I love that movie. I, I've watched it many, many times. We talked about mendacity. All the mendacity, meaning the dishonesty and lies around me. He says, I can't take this mendacity. Just listen to all the mendacity and some of the clips you've been playing. James Clapper, who we know lied, right? That's kind of, we know that he lied to Congress about, I forget what the issue was, never was prosecuted about it. But he's talking about spying on America. Well, he said, uh, not witt- he said not wittingly when it came to <clears throat> metadata, and that was in like 2013. When he, he said, are you spying? It was, it was kind of pressure from Snowden. And he was, they said, are you, are you collecting data? Like, do you capturing data on all the cell phones? Not wittingly, he said. He lied. They were doing it purposefully. Right. Well, and he's talking about now picking up Russian propaganda and lies. Talk about the pot column the kettle black. Yeah, I mean, and it's even worse than that because we don't even know the kettle was black because they have yet to present any credible evidence that there was Russian propaganda, except there have perhaps $100,000 worth of Facebook ads. But what really gets me about his comment, he talked about how there, he starts in one sentence, the Russians are sophisticated actors and da-da-da-da-da. And when it comes to American propaganda, I don't think the Russians are sophisticated actors. The language barriers are too different, are, are too high. It's very difficult to sort of converse in either language very, very easily and traffic in these sorts of uh, the subterfuge using American or English. And you know, in the um, in sort of the American spirit, just as it is difficult for us to do so with Russian language and Russian idioms. But my point is that he says they're sophisticated actors. Then he, it, like the next sentence says. And, uh, you know, they're missing the metadata. Well, if they're sophisticated actors, how are they missing the metadata? Right. Right. Well, no, he just didn't check into it. But, you know, this this news came in yesterday, and I posted it up on my social media. It says, just in, 
Putin signs law imposing heavy fines for promoting non-traditional sexual relations, pedophilia, and gender reassignment among people of any age. <laughs> so that's Putin, right? <laughs> I wish we had more right. leaders like Putin, actually, than the people like Joe Biden and his crack family. Yeah, well, they've clearly made it turn to a traditional uh, lifestyle. Actually, the Russians have always been quite traditional, even during the communist age. It's a very conservative society socially. Now it's accompanied by economic liberalization. But when they talk about, and we know Vladimir Putin's an anti-Semite, when does that come up? Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that's really an issue with him. It's the exact opposite, I, by I, the way. Did you ever hear anything about that? No, no, and in well, fact... I don't know if there is or isn't, but I don't hear him talking about that. I think that that's, that's just a throw-in. Yeah. Has red meat to, you know, he's anti this, he's anti whatever. It's like the anti dentite thing from Seinfeld. Here's what, it's here's what, another throw in. Here's what Glenn Greenwald said. He says, but at this point, the real story long ago ceased about the uh, contents of the Biden archive itself. The real story is how the CIA, corporate media, and big tech all united to spread a CIA lie and manipulate the 2020 election. And not only that, but uh, Putin has always been known to be a traditional, like you said, a very traditional person that was never an anti-Semite. He was always the opposite of anti-Semitism. I don't know. I find it be. I think it's kind of neutral on the issue. I don't know if he's a big advocate of of the Jewish people. I don't expect him to be. That's not his role, and he is or he isn't. I don't care. But he's not really. He's not like he's, that's not an, a big issue for him one way or the other, is my understanding. And so why throw that in there? It's thrown in there because that's what you say. You're anti-Semitic, you're racist, you're this, you're sexist. It's just a way to throw red meat to your leftist audience. And these people salivate over it and forget everything else. It's almost like, hey, look at the ball, look at the stick, and get distracted. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all I see, see that being. And, well, so that that's just... So that's all I really wanted to say. Just when I, I heard that, I thought, just it's more nonsense. And oh, one more thing, John Bolton. John Bolton talking about getting into the presidential race. Let me tell you, gather your supporters in a phone booth, and then we'll talk after that. Yeah, I mean, that's right, not even a serious right, charge. Right. No, of this course not. This is a guy who undermines Trump. Now he's going to run for. How the guy I, gets know, on? They, they how, take these guys seriously. How he even gets on TV is beyond me. But of course, he was on MSNBC or somewhere like that. But you know, the thing is, is that the reason why um, these uh, I'm playing these clips today is because of the things that are coming out and being revealed on Twitter and the legitimacy of the Hunter laptop and the play that was involved, not just by social media, you know, they're private corporations, they they can do whatever they want, but it's the collusion between our government and the manipulation and to think that our government wanted a truth czar, you know what I mean? Uh, It it is really where we are right now, and it's what we should be fearing when it comes to social credit score systems climate uh, control systems and carbon footprint systems and all these regulatory factors that are going to take everything you say, do, into consideration for a social credit score that's going to impact your ability to get ahead in life. And again, this whole climate thing is a theft that's going to keep the middle class into a box because there's no way you could thrive in your career or thrive in your business if you don't have access to food and energy 
at an affordable price. No, no question. Look, if, especially if there's a CBDC. If you have a central bank digital currency and you combine that with a social credit score, it's to say it's Orwellian or Brave New Worldish is, I think, uh, accurate. And that right there, when they talk about these things that you just mentioned, a truth czar, that should be a, a, a disinformation board truth czar, which is exactly what it is. And I don't know if they actually use the term truth czar, but I wouldn't put it past them at this point. Nevertheless, that should be a showstopper right there. Yeah. And the fact that it's not is yeah. proof of what I believe was Aldous, Aldous Huxley, yeah. the author of Brave New World, said. People will come to embrace their chains yeah. through various inducements. Not necessarily through That's the, right. the club, but through the inducements yeah. they will get, through the carrot. And I'll just say one thing about this whole thing. Yeah, about and then we get, we get it, I have a clip I want to play before we go. Okay, and not a problem. A, yeah. But go ahead, real okay. quick. Well, just in 2000, I don't like Bush, but in 2000, that story about his DUI conviction in the 80s was dropped the weekend, or at least the week, I believe the weekend before the election, they dropped that DUI story. They had no compunction about doing it then to Bush. Right. They did to Biden. Well, that tells right. you the double standard. Right. All right. So hey, all. thanks for calling in today. Thank you. Thanks, Take sir. care. Have a great day. Bye. All right, I want to play this Lauren Bobart uh, uh, clip real quick. Uh, let's take a listen. Madam Speaker, the American people have spoken. They have fired you and have chosen to end the Democrats' one-party rule throughout our government. The days of this chamber being treated as Pelosi's house instead of the people's house are over. The American people will once again be allowed into this chamber to see their representatives at work. Republicans made a lot of promises on the campaign trail. It's time we make good on those promises. We must defund the 87,000 IRS agents that the Democrats hired, increase domestic energy production, get to the bottom of Hunter Biden's corruption, and of course the big guy who's at least compromised by 10%, reinstate the servicemen and women who were shamefully discharged because they refused to take the COVID vaccine. Reduce government spending and curb inflation. Secure the southern border at which there is a complete invasion. And reduce the flow of China's fentanyl into our communities. Republicans across America ran on these policies. God help us if we fail to deliver on them. And with that, I yield. All right. You know what you have to do. You have to vote for Herschel Walker today if you're in Georgia. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. Uh, you've been listening to, and uh, be sure to check out magapack.org and make a donation because it helps Scott Adams show big time. Uh, so if you go to magapack.org, you find out what we're doing to advance America first policies to make America great again. And then also use red state as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye everybody. Shovel, take a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there